Thanks for joining me this Saturday. We're going to hear from Inner Sanctum this week, a series that aired from January of 1941 to October of 1952, produced 526 episodes. We're going to hear their story from August 30th, 1948, titled Next Time I Live. Good evening, friends of the creaking door. This is your host to welcome you into the inner sanctum. Come in, come in. I uh, just poured through the studio mail. Some creep wrote in asking, when is inner sanctum going to join the giveaway craze? Okay, mister. From now on, every Monday is takeaway night. Select your favorite corpse and it's all yours. Just back a hearse up, Bob, and take it away. <laughs> We're also offering all the dirt you can dig. Just bring your own shovel. And for dead men, we're offering a lovely trench in a bewitching setting. Beautifully tailored to fit. We make just one condition. Kindly supply your own tombstone. <laughs> Tonight's Inner Sanctum Mystery, Next Time I Live was written by John Robert and stars Mason Adams in the role of Kirk with Ted Osborne as Landrew. Tonight's death rattle is provided by a fortune hunter who gets himself plugged without a plug nickel. We're in a cheap furnished room, a stone throw from Chicago's stockyard. The windows are nailed closed and barred, as if the tenant wanted the world shut out. Lieutenant Kirk Saunders, a haggard, red-eyed man with a week's growth of beard, is crouched at the window, staring out at a big jeweler's clock. An elevated train roars past the window toward a bend. Stop it! No more! No more! Stop it! I'm Kirk Saunders. Alias. Kirk Saunders, General Delivery, Chicago. I've got a lot more names. But call me a corpse. Pronounce me dead. When the minute hand on that big jeweler's clock across the street moves 30 times. From 11.31 to 12.01. What's going to kill me? There's a guy downstairs with half a face. And a gun. 
Like me, he's watching the big jeweler's clock. His name's McCabe. He's coming up exactly at 12.01. Not at 11.59 or 12.02. But at 12.01 sharp, just as he was ordered. I'm going to be rubbed out at 12.01 sharp by a killer giving blind obedience to orders issued by a dead man. The dead man was Maxim Landrew, Cave's mask. I met him in the cafe lounge of a ritzy hotel up near the Cape one evening. A few hours later, I gave him a 30-day claim check on my life for $5,000. May I sit down? Sure thing. Thank you. Skyler. Skyler, you, you've got it wrong. I'm Kirk Saunders. Of course. You've uh, got a look on your face that says you know me. To a degree. I know of George Skyler, Will Roberts, Wade Harris. You've got quite a collection of aliases. Okay, what's the rap? The rap? You're a cop. Quit playing cat and mouse. I'm in no mood for it. Obviously not. You just left IOUs totaling $4,000 in the game room. Your hotel bill is overdue. You haven't a penny. Been right on my tail, huh? Even closer to you than your shadow. (laughs) The way financial matters are, you'd have to skip off without your baggage and without a word to the wealthy catch you've been after all summer. The rich seller, Phyllis. Rub it in, why don't you? Suppose I were to tell you that I'm here to help you. Why would a cop want to help me? Look at me. Do I really look like a policeman to you? No, you don't. You look like nobody I ever saw. Your face gives me the creeps. I I can't see past those thick eyeglasses. Do you want to see past them? Sure, size a guy up and you want to read his eyes. Find those windows you wear, your eye sockets look... Look what? Empty. Mister, I'm getting out of here. One moment, Sunday. Then you've concluded I'm not a policeman. Mister, you're nothing human. But useful to you, perhaps. For example, if I finance your marital project, uh, count that package, why don't you? $5,000. There's $5,000 in the bundle. Exactly what you need to keep your respectability just long enough to land Seller Phillips. What's the gimmick? What do you get out of it? The pledge from you. What kind of pledge? We'll discuss it more privately at my office. Here's my card. I'll expect you. You'll come. I've been hypnotized. The money was pulling me. I could understand that, but what I couldn't understand was Landrew pulling me. Even without the money, even if there was no money, I had a feeling I couldn't keep from going to see him even if I wanted to. You are just on time, Saunders. On time? You sound as if we had a date. We did. I expected you at noon. It is now exactly that. Uh, you planted the time in my head, huh? I wrote it on this appointment pad. Look, read it. Kirk Saunders will arrive at noon sharp. Huh. What are you, a mystic? And for the moment, I'm your banker. Here. Your $5,000. You, uh, you said you wanted me to pledge something if I took the money. What kind of pledge do you want, huh? Your life. I want you to pledge your life. 
for $5,000. Makes sense, will you? But I am. It is a simple transaction. I will advance you $5,000 for 30 days. At the end of that time, you either redeem the loan with cash or forfeit your life. Like a hawk shop, huh? What's the interest rate? There isn't any. Exactly 30 days from now, promptly at one minute past noon, 12-1, you will repay $5,000 or lose your pledge. How can I lose? 5000 will square me all around and keep me long enough to marry into a million dollars. Of course. Stella Phillips is already smitten with you. If I lose, how are you going to collect that place? I'll show you. If you lose and I win, Saunders, McCabe here will collect for me. Saunders, meet McCabe. McCabe? Something is wrong. Where, where, where did you dig him up from? You are repelled. He's a freak. Where's the, where's the rest of his face? It was blown away in an explosion. Half a face, but a great heart. He worships me. McCabe, say hello to Kirk Saunders. Hello. You are to stay close to Saunders, McCabe, for 30 days. Never let him out of your sight. And then, on the last day, at twelve one promptly, you are to kill Sanders. Understand your orders. I understand the orders. I'll kill him on the last day at twelve oh one. I understand. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What do you mean, kill me? I got thirty days to repay the five thousand. Of course. But you won't. You will make three attempts to repay the money before your time runs out. Three attempts. But you'll fail each time. I should have jammed the money down Landrew's throat. Like a fool, I went after Stella Phillips instead. I was sure I'd land her the minute I got around to popping the question. I squared up my IOUs, paid my hotel arrears. That weekend, I took Stella motorboating by moonlight. There's a small cabin cruiser job hotel guests could rent by the day or week. Stella? Yes, Kirk? Summer is coming to an end. I know. It's not going to come to an end with us, Stella. Isn't it, Kirk? Do I have to get down on my knees to convince you? No, don't. Don't, Kirk. Don't get down on your knees. You don't want me to propose? I do. I, I do. But... But what? Not under false pretenses. Not with a lie. I couldn't stand it like that. I don't get it, Stella. What do you mean, not under false pretenses? Kirk, be truthful. Give up the masquerade. You see, I know all about you. Oh, no, don't be hurt. Please. Keep talking, Stella. It, it makes no difference in how I feel about you. But... You'll marry me, even knowing that I'm a phone? Yes. I'll marry you if you'll have me. You see, Kirk, I'm a phony, too. Say that again, and slowly. <laughs> we were both playing the same game here, all summer long, fortune hunting, and we picked each other. <laughs> 
It's so terribly funny. <laughs> Don't be so angry. You dirty little cheat. Be a good sport. <laughs> I'm going to wring your lying neck. I spent every cent I gambled my life. No more. Please. I hope you crack your conniving skull wide open. Stella. Stella, no. Stella, open your eyes. She never did open her eyes anymore. She'd fallen hard on the anchor. The blood rushed from her head like a barrel with a broken spout. An accident. But with my record, who'd believe me? I motored to one of the little islands that dot the Cape and buried Stella under a pile of rocks. I needed time to blow town before the hotel tumbled to her being missing. I needed time to put a million miles between me and Landru. Now that my million-dollar wedding had gone on the rocks. Are you financially embarrassed? Do you want to build a tomb with a self-service elevator? Hmm. See Landru. He lends you $5,000 for a claim check on your life. Comb my spine with a garden rake, but that isn't just a high rate of security, mister. That's a high rate of disaster. <laughs> now, what are we in for? I mean, what's Cupid Saunders in for now that the fortune turned out to be a misfortune? Let's listen, shall we? Packed up in the middle of the night and checked out of the hotel. I rode a taxi to the railroad station and climbed aboard a train going south. What? Aboard? In a minute, the train would pull out and I'd be able to start afresh somewhere with a new name. Mind if I sit down? <laughs> Andrew. You were eloping with Stella, perhaps? Don't kid me. You'll know better. You do not need to run away in a panic like this. Like a fugitive. Are you going to ask me why not? You tell me why not. Because you've undoubtedly disposed of the corpus delecti. With the same skill you have shown in other violent chapters in your past. And because I have obliged by seeing that McCabe removed every trace of the young lady's belongings from the hotel. I didn't kill Stella. That's beside the point. Whether you did or didn't, you'd undoubtedly hang for it. And I don't want that to happen. Why did you pick on me, just me, with a million guys around? Why did you get so interested in Kirk Saunders? I didn't get interested in Kirk Saunders. I got interested in Mike Stevens. Now you're talking in riddles. You were Mike Stevens in Dallas once. Sure, but... What about Mike Stevens in Dallas? Like Kirk Saunders, Mike Stevens is a ladies' man, irresistible to women. One followed him worshipfully, like a dumb, enchanted animal, followed him everywhere, begging for a crumb of affection, until they found her at the bottom of a lake outside of El Centro. Remember Susan Coates? I... 
I never gave her a minute's encouragement. What she did, she did on her own. Of course. The day her drowned body was found, her husband turned a gun on himself in Dallas. Her husband was Robert Coates. My son. So it's revenge you're after. Revenge, Saunders, is the smallest measure of what I want from you. I want the next 28 days to be 28,000 years of soul-searing agony. And then, on the last day, promptly at 12-1, I want you to look into McCabe's face for the last time. 28 days to go. I had to dig up 5,000 or really go places. I tried to go places, get swallowed up somewhere, lose myself forever. I changed my appearance. I ducked around the back streets of a town, then caught a plane for New Orleans. We were winging along at 200 miles an hour, way up in the clouds in the dead of night. But there was McCabe sitting behind me. We go to New Orleans. Mr. Landrew is in New Orleans, waiting for us to come. For weeks, wherever I went, any disguise I wore, using every disappearing trick in the book and some brand new ones. It was always McKay behind me, Landrew ahead of me, waiting for the plane to land, the boat to dock, the train to pull in. Hey, Chicago, next stop. Hey, Chicago. Mind if I sit down? Suit yourself. You're an extraordinarily restless fellow, Saunders. I'm a rabbit running in circles. Precisely. Your travel time is coming to an end, Thunders. Five days to go before I take that last look into McCabe's repulsive kissing. But I'm not traveling anymore, Landrew. I'm staying put. Of course. Now you're going to make two more attempts to repay the 5000 You'll try twice more and fail. <laughs> I had to make a desperate stab for it. I had to beat Landrew to my life, get McCabe out from underfoot. Five thousand. If a guy couldn't grab off that much in Chicago, he couldn't get it anywhere. The town is a mint. Big dough, walk a millionaire, payrolls, bank messengers. Bank messengers stick up was my aunt. I wasted three precious days casing the loop exchange, watching messengers go to the bank and back, lining up what looked like the easiest touch. On the fourth day, I picked my job. A skinny, freckled-faced kid of about 17 who trotted a padlock bag to the bank every afternoon at five. We covered four blocks of a six-block walk when a traffic signal froze us on a sidewalk. I leaned over from behind him and took the gamble. I've got a gun in your back, Sonny. What? Let out a peep and I'll kill you. Uh, I'll do anything you say, mister. Anything. Hand that bag back to me. Keep it low down at the knees. And the cop whistles cross the street without looking back. One false move and you're a dead kid. It worked like a charm. The long shot paid off. I picked the right kid and the right job. The padlock bag weighed better than ten pounds, nice and fat and bulging. As if subtracting five thousand from the total wouldn't even make a dead in it. I got to my room and counted it. Five thousand. Five thousand didn't even make a dent in it, all right. <laughs> there was more than a hundred thousand dollars in the bag. Twenty times the claim check Landrew held on my life. I went to see Landrew. He 
Sure, just on time, Saunders. I'm here to buy up your claim. There's your 5,000. Now tell McCabe his orders are canceled. But these are securities, not money. $5,000 worth. You're not going to welch by getting technical. It is you who are not going to welch, my friend. They total $5,000, yes, but not for you or me. They are non-negotiable security. Why? To anybody but their legal owner. They are merely so much scrap paper. Oh, Andrew, give me a break. Here, I'll give you the rest of them as a gift. $100,000 worth of security. $100,000 worth of scrap paper. So your second attempt at repayment failed. Just as you predicted. Exactly as I predicted. Just as my third attempt will fail, too. Huh? Of course. But in hurry, Saunders, you have until one minute past noon tomorrow. Just a night's sleep before the big sleep, huh? What if I turn the dough over to McCabe instead of you? Am I square? If you repay before past noon tomorrow, yes. But you won't. I'm going to try without losing any more time. In fact, I'm not even going to walk around the block. You're going to rob me? <laughs> Did you know that? Did your crystal ball breaker is my wireless station on the fritz? Thank you. will fail. I promise you will look into McCabe's face last time. Tomorrow. Oh, I hear your office safe is loaded. I can tell by the surprise in your face. I've won. I've beat you. I've beat you. Now look into my face for the last time. Landrew was dead. As if I'd let the air out of him. I worked the dials of the safe for an hour before I got it open. The safe was loaded, all right. It was crammed full of hot shoes, cosmetics, cute summer frocks. All the effects Landrew and McCabe clean out of Stella Phillips' hotel room on McCabe. I got up off my knees. There was a chill blowing over me. Like somebody behind me, watching. McCabe. You go home now, Saunders. Just like that. I go home now. Landrew's dead there on the floor. I strangled him, but it's okay with you. I'm to just go home now. You go home now, Saunders. But I killed your beloved master, you dummy. You're supposed to be a fanatic about him. You go through fire and water for him. Why don't you kill me right here on the spot? Tomorrow. 1201 tomorrow, I'll kill you. But I can't wait until tomorrow. I can't wait through the night. Kill me now. I insist that you kill me now. Tomorrow. My orders is to kill you tomorrow. You go home now, I say. I went home to wait for McCabe. The last gesture, I mailed the securities back to where they belong. With a note explaining that I'd found them tossed in an alley. I didn't want that freckle-faced kid on my already overloaded conscience. It's 12 noon. In another minute, on the jeweler's clock across the street, McCabe will come through my door. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, this is Malcolm Logan, attorney. Lawyer, what, what's it about? The 
those securities you found and mailed back to the exchange. Bottom, you got them back okay, didn't you? Well, I was instructed to advise you that the exchange directors have voted you a reward for your fine cooperation. A reward? How much is the reward? Five thousand dollars. Now, if you can come to my sure. office. <laughs> sure, I'll come. <laughs> I don't understand your amusement, Mr. Saunders. I'll explain it sometime. I'll explain it the next time I live. <laughs> Operator! Operator! What number are you calling? Police department, get me the police! Hurry! Hello, police. You gotta save me. The cave that half-faced gunman is gonna kill me. You know where to find him! Get him! Save me! The cave! No. Hurry, please! Hurry! Oh, McCabe! No! I have the money! I have the money. <laughs> now there's an ironic twist for you. Kirk could have ironed out his money troubles if only McCabe hadn't flattened him so punctually. Even so, the reward's worth claiming, if Kirk's up to it. Five G's can keep Kirk's ghost in bedsheets for many a haunted hour. <laughs> Inner Sanctum came to you through the United States Armed Forces Radio Service, the voice of information and education. That's the horror for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back next Saturday with a story from Beyond Midnight. Between now and then, you can find thousands of other old-time radio episodes at relicradio.com, alongside more from Inner Sanctum, The Horror, and all the other podcasts and our Shoutcast stream. You can donate through the website as well if you'd like to help support this and all of the shows. That's how it keeps coming to you every week. Thanks to those who have helped out. Thanks for joining me today. Be back next Saturday with another episode of The Horror. The Horror.